You know we're recording, right? I know! Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. Welcome, everyone, to the Game Disc Podcast, where every week we laugh like maniacs for no reason. But we also discuss a specific video game, brand new, retro, or anything in between, and figure out if it's worth putting on our top 100 games of all time. I am your host, Simon Esty, and I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Esty. Are you good? Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a good thing you're good, because today we are talking about Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. Is Call of Duty the luckiest franchise in the industry, or is there a reason it's the best selling game every year? We will figure all of that out, but first, Noah, what's going on? What, okay. what happened? <laughs> so, for those of you who don't, so um, obviously for our listeners, uh, we always start our podcast um, with our intro music. And um, so what happened was we were about to start. So I was like, all right, let's go ahead and begin. I'm going to start recording, so let's stay quiet. And I immediately thought that would be really funny if I just started talking during the (laughs) intro. And I didn't, I wasn't going to do that, but I just started laughing because I was like, man, that would be so funny. And obviously by that point, there's just nothing that I could do. That was why I was laughing so much because I was like, man. That'd be so funny. What a good prank. (laughs) Yeah, it was a great prank. Well, so so it plays like the software we use plays like a countdown. It's like five, four, three, two, one, and then it Mm -hmm. starts. And I don't know if it picks up our voice during those five seconds, but so you're like babbling and talking and it's doing the <laughs> countdown. And so I say, stop talking. And I'm, <laughs> I'm curious if that's on it. Like if, when I go to listen to this later, if that's going to be on it. And now I have a dilemma because if it is, I don't know if I should keep it or not. Yeah. Well, uh, it's... I think I probably will. I'll probably keep it, especially well... after this whole debacle. Yeah. That was the thing I was going to think about. I was like, well, Simon's got to have a choice now. He's going to see, is this going to be a professional <laughs> podcast or is this going to be a was, fun as podcast? You're laughing, as you're laughing, I'm like, should I pause it? Or should I just I, should I just run with it? And I was like, you know what? We're just going to run with it. Yeah. We'll see well, how this goes. That's revenge from uh, a couple weeks back. I was like, hey, are you done recording? And you said, no, not yet. I'm going to keep <laughs> this in the podcast, though. So that that's my revenge for you. You can uh, embarrass me during the ending i'll just embarrass you during the intro well speaking of revenge i'm mad at you because during so you weren't on last week's but the week before where you decided to spend i think the podcast was like an hour and a half and you spent an hour and 20 minutes talking about alan wake i had the perfect feel good story in that i talked about our smell good story with the metal Mm -hmm. gear cologne and then i had to go let my dog out and i come back and I didn't really know what was going on. But then I listened to it later and you had brought up Alan Wake. Alan Wake 2 releasing as the feel-good story. 13 years. Come on. 13 years no, they've no, been no, wanting no, to no, make no, this no, game. No, 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 no. We're not. I'm not. I shouldn't have said anything. We're not talking about Alan Wake. We've done it enough. Uh, we've got other stuff we've got to talk about. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like this... American Nightmare. <laughs> It was this sweet uh, downloadable game on the uh, Xbox so, Arcade. So, there was a big week for news. <laughs> uh, um, 
<laughs> it was a, it was actually a really big week for news. There was yeah. a lot that happened this week. Oh, uh, real real quick. If um, it's about Alan Wake, I'm going to just pr- keep going into the news. Um, oh, 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 okay. No, no, but in actuality, uh, Simon, how are you doing today? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, I was doing good <laughs> until I clicked the record button. I know. Um, I know. No, it's oh. uh uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well, I think. Um, yeah, my fiance's she's now a flight attendant, so that's just been like a lot, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of driving back and forth from the airport, a lot of mm-hmm. her not knowing where she's going to be sleeping. Which, while then I feel guilty about sleeping in our nice home, so that's been it's. But I mean, it's tough. But I know it's tougher for yeah. her. But um, she's had some cool experiences already. So it's you know it's. I, I, I people have kind of asked like oh how's she liking it i'm like it is like the highest highs of any job you can have and also the lowest lows mm-hmm. um like she literally slept in <clears throat> our car <laughs> but, yeah but then she also got to spend 48 hours in hawaii mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like it is really just all over the place um but overall i'm doing pretty good i i'm like on the cusp of like finishing uh, a lot of things Mm-hmm. um cocoon and or and uh attack on titan so i'm just like i'm gonna be feeling pretty good tomorrow um, yeah and um that's great i uh just uh platinumed uh alan wake too anyway awesome. so <laughs> valve <laughs> uh, i knew you were gonna do that any so other franchise <laughs> you would have listened but nope. <laughs> no we'll, we'll all right do, but I'll no tell you what, tell you what I'll, if you can go through this whole episode without talking about Alan Wake. When we talk about what we've been playing, you can, I, I will, we'll, we'll have you actually give like some pretty uh, good thoughts since you've wrapped up the game and stuff. And I, I actually haven't talked oh. to you about the game. So, oh. we'll so, do that so, okay. so, so if I can uh, hold my opinion for the entire opinion podcast, I get to share my opinion at the end. If you can hold your opinion about something that we're not talking about, then yeah, you can share your opinion about something we're not talking about. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now we'll, all right, all right. Jokey mode is over. We, we, yeah, we yeah sure, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. come on, Simon. We, we gotta, we gotta, gotta get back on uh, schedule. We're, oh, okay. Sorry for keeping us uh, keeping us off task. I'll it's be okay. Just don't do that. it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my opinions to myself <laughs> okay. on this opinion All right. podcast. All then right, you run. Valve. Yeah, Valve announced a Steam Deck OLED. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere. I just went mm-hmm. on to IGN and it was like Steam Deck OLED announced Steam Deck OLED review. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so it starts at five hundred and fifty bucks for five hundred gigabytes. I believe the one terabyte version is six fifty. Um, this does have an OLED screen, but everything else as far as like specs is identical. Uh, but there are some improvements, um, one of them being a better battery. Uh, because OLED screens are like actually thinner screens, they were able to mm-hmm. fit a larger battery in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, um, they're able to use a smaller bezel. So not only is the OLED screen OLED, so it looks a lot better, but it's also the same size type of screen, um, but a bigger actual screen, if that makes sense. Just like the um, mm-hmm. OLED switch has like an actual yeah. bigger screen. Um, and then because it's a little bit more efficient, uh, it runs cooler. Um, but again, the performance is the same. So um, this is really cool. I've kind of been interested in the Steam Deck since it was announced, <laughs> but I was always kind of waiting for a revision because I you know, heard about the bad battery and the OLEDs, it, the original LCD screen. So this is kind of like, this is everything I want. And I'm like, man, I don't know. What about you? Is this, 
how, do you have any interest in the Steam Deck? And if not, yeah, is this kind of like I've, pushing you towards one? Or Absolutely. I've always had an interest in the Steam Deck. I know people that have it. They absolutely love it. So for that reason, I'm not a big PC gamer, but you don't really need to be one with a Steam Deck. You obviously need yeah. a Steam account to play your favorite games. But that's what I've heard. I've heard people are like, yeah, it's just really nice to have. It's essentially like a Nintendo Switch, but the games look a lot nicer on it. And yeah, it of is, course, it is a more powerful Switch. Yeah, and, and you games. can play Sony games on it as well. Yeah, that's true. Which... You can play God of War Ragnarok on the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I don't think you can play God of War Ragnarok. Or not God of War. Yeah. I'm thinking of God of War 2018. You're right. Yeah, that right. one, because, yeah, I have a friend who wants to play it, but he doesn't have a PS5, so he's actually, waiting on the PC version. But, yeah, probably... so it's one of those things. What's that? Uh, you probably could play Ragnarok on the Steam Deck. Uh, you, you could, but that would be a that'd be a no no game at that point. Yeah, right. So yeah, so you we don't want to do that. We are not condoning the use of any no. unofficial ways to play a game. No Jack uh, Sparrows here. Nope, none. But like I said. It's one of those things. I don't know if I'd get one just because money. I'd rather save that money for like a really good cheeseburger or something. But it's something that maybe once it gets a little cheaper, yeah, I'd consider it. A really good cheeseburger? Like, yeah, you know, like maybe a quarter pounder or something. I mean, I knew the yen was not doing great. But... <laughs> no, it's just McDonald's is doing very well in Japan lately. Yeah, they keep selling out of our quarter pounders. Yeah, you uh, do. All right. Well, if you Real, fun get tired fact, of actually, oh, go ahead. Quarter pounder not available in Jap Japanese McDonald's. Our Big Macs. Yep. <laughs> and their menu actually, they have like a lot more seasonal menu items and such, which is really cool, but. Yeah, Quarter Pounder itself, not available in Japan. I don't find that terribly surprising. The Quarter Pounder is probably I. very unhealthy and probably actually doesn't meet health requirements. <laughs> yeah. But we're not talking about McDonald's. We are talking no. about video games. Um, anything else to say about the Steam Deck? Again, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. If somebody was like, I'll give you $600, but you have to buy a Steam Deck with it, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But if somebody mm. was like, you know, I'll give you $100, but you have to buy a Steam Deck, I'd be like, well, I don't know. Like, I could probably do I, that. Hundred dollars off a of Steam Deck, heck that yeah! That's true. I, I, it's it's just right there. I think for me, I'm really looking forward to a Switch Two. The Switch kind of has everything I need. I'm sure. Like, there's been a couple times like I've wanted to play Chrono Trigger and a couple of other games that are on Steam, but not on the Switch. So, I, mm -hmm. and it is a more powerful system. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see how I feel. It also depends on how the Switch Two is. But if the yeah. Switch Two has everything I need, I'm fine. And maybe yeah, that's why I, Valve decided to kind of release this now. Maybe they do want to kind of steal some of the Switch 2's thunder since they know that's coming out and that's going to be a tougher sell for the um, Steam Deck if the Switch 2 is just as powerful. Yeah, I think uh, maybe I'll get one during the next year. There's like a pretty light year in gaming. Obviously not this year, but maybe I'll get it the next time there's a lighter year in gaming just because that might be a cool way to be like, hey... Here's now a good chance for you to go on Steam, play a lot of the games of yesteryear that yeah. maybe I didn't get the chance to, or maybe I just would like to re-experience again. I've been wanting to replay the original Deus Ex for a while now, so that'd be a cool game to play on a Steam Deck. Yeah, nope, I, I yeah, I, that's kind of how I feel too, so... 
Um, cool. The uh, one game that you will not be able to play on the Steam Deck is The Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda. Um, yeah, ah, it's shoot. a Nintendo game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Noah, yeah, thanks for saving me because The Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda no is not a Nintendo game. It's a Nintendo movie. Oh, Nintendo. Snap. You saved my ass. Yeah, I, was like, oh, I, I don't was, know where I'm going with this. I, I gathered that. I was like, I feel like you might be struggling a bit. <laughs> Remember when we tried to be professional on this podcast? I know. This is, yeah, it's falling apart. <laughs> anyway, uh, Legend of Zelda movie announced. Uh, it's going to be live action, which is kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah. I think at least I was I think so too. Action. Yeah. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto a uh, little known Nintendo guy and Avi Arad are producers. Um, for those who don't know, Shigeru Miyamoto is everybody knows who's listening to this knows who Shigeru Miyamoto mm-hmm. is. Um, Avi Arad is a big Sony guy. He helped make, I think uh, like Spider-Man two, um, basically all of Sony's comic book movies he's been involved with um, mm-hmm. good and bad. So, I mean, he's got some great mm-hmm. credits to his name, like across the Spider-Verse. He's also got some stinkers like Morbius. Don't say it. Uh, I actually, you know, that's interesting. A lot of people are kind of like crapping on Avi Arad, uh, but I just watched Across the Spider Verse, and I guess um, making the villain in that movie, the Spot, was his idea. Huh. And it's actually works out really well. So, um, yeah. but back to the Legend of Zelda movie. Uh, West Ball is directing. West Ball mm-hmm. is pretty. Um, he hasn't done a whole lot. He's mostly known for the trilogy of Maze Runner films. Um, and he's also uh, directing the upcoming um, Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. which just got a trailer. So he's kind of an unknown quantity. I think yeah. he might just be one of those directors who can kind of do what he's supposed to do. And mm-hmm. maybe that's what Nintendo wants. And finally, yeah. the weirdest part of this story is that Sony Pictures Entertainment is distributing the film. So Sony and Nintendo are teaming up for a Legend of Zelda movie. Uh, Nintendo is handling a majority of the cost of the film, and then Sony is going to distribute the film worldwide. So what do you think, Noah? You excited for a Legend of Zelda movie? Can't wait to see Chris Pratt in the green tunic. Yeah, uh, definitely. As we all know, Chris Pratt, he is Nintendo's go-to guy. So I'm really excited to see him as Link and, of course, Charlie Day as Tingle. But <laughs> that would actually okay. But that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I Charlie heard, Day is single. That that would be good. Actually, a decent casting choice for this movie, and I'm curious. Dave Bautista as Ganondorf. Yeah, I heard that too, and I think he'd be really good as well. I think Dave Bautista is. So there's been essentially three really big former WWE pro wrestlers turned actors: The Rock, obviously John Cena, and Dave Bautista. I think Dave Bautista is, like, my favorite out of all of them. I think that The Rock is definitely the worst. Not necessarily out of acting experiences, but acting skills, just because he knows what he is. Yeah, he's kind of just a vehicle for cool movies. Exactly. And I feel like John Cena and Dave Bautista, they... Cena's probably the funniest i think yeah, that I like, cena, I like cena and um but i feel like dave batista has a bit more range than cena not saying cena's a bad actor the scene in peacemaker where like he confronts his dad that seems great but i feel like dave batista just has a lot of range he can perform like similar scenes like drax and guardians of the galaxy but i remember i really liked him in glass onion where i was like god this guy is so annoying 
and I kind of realized like every time I like heard about Dave Bautista or something, I was like, oh, I don't like Dave Bautista. And I realized it was because I was thinking of his character in Glass Onion. So I was like, <laughs> dang, he played that guy so well that I thought the actor himself was just kind of a jerk. So that's why I really like him. And yeah, he has a very good physique. He has a more unique physique. And I think that he'd be a very imposing Ganon. Yeah. Nope. Um, I don't agree, but uh, kind of back to the movie, what do you, <laughs> I was like, why, why are we talking about this? Kind of, yeah. so what do you, uh, well, I mean, are you excited about the movie or is this yeah, going to be a pass? And like, what are you, how are you I'm excited <clears throat> and I'm surprised by its live action, but I think that yeah. that is ultimately <clears throat> the best choice. I know a lot of people were like, oh, they should make Legend of Zelda. And I was kind of like, if they make Legend of Zelda, like, it's going to be kind of weird because are they going to make it kind of fun and whimsical like Mario? Because as much as I liked the Mario movie, I felt like it was they didn't really try to do anything unique or cool and original. It is safe. Yeah, exactly. It's a very safe movie. And I liked it, but it is safe. And so for that reason, I was like, how can you kind of do that with Legend of Zelda? You, It's a fantasy movie, so... You could make it a like epic animated fantasy film, but I feel like that would be a much higher risk. Yeah. So I feel like live action probably the be better the safer one. Yeah, I think it definitely is the safer one. I s- hope that it's not as safe as the Mario movie was because I feel like what their definition of safe would be for Zelda would be to kind of make it more generic. So I'm hoping that they make it a little brighter because Zelda can be bright. It's not always yeah, dark well, Twilight Princess. It's and... malleable. I mean, even yeah. even within the games itself, look at like the beginning of Ocarina of Time and the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very yeah. different. Um if you had to pick kind of one more question and then we'll we'll move on. Uh if you had to pick one Zelda game to base this off of, what do you think it should be? Um probably just ocarina i mean ocarina is the easy answer i feel like it's like you said it's the most malleable they can do whatever they want maybe do the original just for a fun little fantasy film but i would say ocarina kind of established a lot in zelda so the only reason i don't think ocarina works as well as a film is because of the time jump I that... think that's a lot to do in one film. I think that the one that makes the most sense is actually linked to the past. Cause I think you've got, um, you've got a little bit more depth than like the OG Zelda game. So there's a little bit more plot to play around with mm-hmm. and then at the same time, but at the same time, it isn't as like deep as Ocarina of Time or, yeah. Waker or Twilight Princess. That's and then a if good you point. Do a sequel, you could do link between worlds. Yeah, I think that's actually a very good point. As the one reason I was kind of thinking maybe not Ocarina is it'd be a lot of content. Like first you have to collect the three exactly. gems and then you got to collect like the seven tokens. You got to go back at one point to change. It's, it's hard. It'd be hard to fit that without making massive cuts. Yeah. That was my thinking too. And it could work as a sense. duology. Like if you did like Young Link as the first one and then the movie ends with him, you know, doing the second one, I could maybe see that working. But I don't know if you want to spend two movies just to tell one Zelda game. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. 
Yeah, they should do uh, they should do Majora's Mask, but break it off into several movies where he does a different side quest in every one. <laughs> that would be absurd. <laughs> if you wanted to do a Zelda trilogy, actually doing like <laughs> Ocarina of Time one, Ocarina of Time two, and the Majora's Mask could maybe work, but. Yeah. But, but then whatever kid you get to play Link will be like an adult in Majora's Mask just by age. It'd be weird. Yeah, um, either that or he would just so much time would pass. They just be like, okay, um, Overwatch League is dead. Is what I'm trying to say. Have, we could have. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, that's why you leave the segues to me. I um, did a good segue. I you just said I helped you with the segue, you did, you and did. and I got a pretty good one, but. Yeah, I, I gotta leave them to you unless I feel like you're struggling. So you and wanna, you'll have to tag me in. So I'm guessing you want to move. Uh, you want to move on from the Zelda movie. Yeah, unless you have something else to say. No, I mean, I, I think I said everything yeah. I want to say. I'm excited for it. I think after kind of actually listening to your opinion, I think live action is kind of the way to go. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if you do an Illumination animated movie, you know, I don't know if Zelda works too well in kind of that minion style. So um, I think that Nintendo wants to do kind of a fantasy epic, and I think that mm-hmm. that's why they went with Sony, and hopefully it ends out for them. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, things don't always end out as you would hope they would, do they, Simon? Nope, things don't always pan out, and you can ask Overwatch League about that. Overwatch League is officially dead. So there is a lot to talk about with this, but the League as it is is gone. Blizzard has said that they're not you know, totally... Professional Overwatch will return in some form, but its current iteration is dead. Uh, and so kind of just... I, I was talking with somebody about it and they said, well, why did this, how did this even like happen? Like what's going on? And it's actually like pretty complicated. So overwatch league was kind of, it was a little too ambitious mm-hmm. and it's um, purpose was to be, it wanted to very much be a like physical sports league in mm-hmm. the same vein. as like the NBA and the NFL. Mm-hmm. What does that include? It includes in person sporting events. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, kind of the way it was going to make the most money basically Mm -hmm. um unfortunately around the time the league launched (laughs) something called COVID happened Mm -hmm. um which you know put a damper on any in-person leagues or in-person events couple that with the fact that blizzard ignored overwatch one for years leading Mm -hmm. to a huge drop off in players and kind of lack of interest from gamers in general then Mm -hmm. you've got overwatch 2 which a lot of people didn't like the switch to 5v5 and then again they didn't like the monetization they turned off a lot more people it didn't catch on the way they thought it would Mm -hmm. leading to even less player interest it kind of makes sense that this league just would not have taken off the way people expected so Mm -hmm. um yeah what do you think about this now are you mourning the loss uh yeah i mean as you all know i was a big shanghai dragons fan so it's depressing but I mean, it's one of those things. It's a lot of people like to shit on esports. I think it is still kind of cool that they exist and people can make oh, yeah, I think money so by being really good at video games. With that being said, <laughs> there were a lot of things about Overwatch League that was just a bit of a mess. I know a lot of people who do really like watching esports, a major criticism they had was Overwatch is a very complicated game and there's so much going on that it made having it be a spectator sport very difficult so like for example fighting games both players are on the screen at the same time very easy to see everybody's seeing the same thing 
And I believe also a lot of MOBAs are really good as well because you can kind of, they have like a map there you where you see can see everything. everything. It's, they, they're games that uh, function well in terms of seeing like the scope of the playing field. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, and even something like Counter-Strike, Call of Duty, those games are so simple that it's also very easy to understand. You don't have to learn about roles, counters, stuff like that. It's just, this is a gun. I'm doing really good with it. Well, and you can, it's, uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, yeah, you're good. Like you said, in terms of simple, how do you win in like pretty much any physical sport? You have more Ooh. points than the other team. Yeah. How do you win in Call of Duty or Counter-Strike? You have more points than the other team or first mm-hmm. to 75 or whatever. How do you win mm-hmm. in Overwatch? Well, you have to get further than the opponent unless it depends on the type of game. Then you have to hold on to more <laughs> points. But then if they, you guys get to the same amount, then you go into overtime, which is like other sports. So then you have to see who could push it further again. But then when you're in overtime, your abilities charge a little bit faster. So it makes it a little more insane. So it makes sense that over <laughs> it wouldn't be the, as simple as Call of Duty. The simple way is how do you win in basketball? You get the most points. How do you win in Call of Duty? You get the most points. How do you win in MMA? You uh, you get the most points get, or knockout? Yeah. Actually, technically, you're right. The knockout does net you the most points. It even goes back to you get the most points. Fighting games, how do you win? Uh, knockout, stuff like that. Overwatch, how do you win? Well, it depends. Yeah, exactly. So, it... And I think that's the big issue. I think that it is also really unfortunate that StarCraft II has a huge esports scene and Blizzard... I think it's a little unfair for StarCraft players to see Blizzard put so much stock into this Overwatch League when your community has been thriving for so long and Blizzard really doesn't care about you. And that's something that I think is the most unfortunate part about all of this. It's the fact that yeah, Blizzard. they have a prime esports franchise ready to go, and they haven't been focusing on it because they don't have StarCraft. Because StarCraft Three isn't out. No, and I think that's the most unfortunate part about the whole Overwatch League. But yeah, and obviously, I feel bad for you know people who you know obviously these teams. This was these people's living. This is how they made money, yeah. and they were clearly if, very good at it. So if um, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the biggest streamer right now, XQC, got his start on overwatch league so you would know more about that than i do all i know is that xqc <laughs> has a g fuel flavor yeah and um but yeah i believe that's where you got to start so hopefully a lot of these players can at least make a decent career in streaming yeah um hey noah yeah if i had a g fuel flavor what would it be um i don't know uh i, I don't know if you're setting up for a bit so I'm just um, gonna say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a fun bit that was. Yeah, thanks for that. Okay. Hey Noah, what? Okay, uh, how about you would be a liquid raspberry? Okay. What what would my flavor be? Yours would be um. Uh, yours would be something like sour. Yours would be. Oh, I, I was, think you. Yours would be I like. Was, Oh, I was go gonna say uh, I was gonna say denim daydreams. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you know, like denim, like jeans. It, your your G fuel would taste like <laughs> jeans. Well, that mixed with like a 
the fantasy of just like a daydream, you know? Okay. No, I think yours would be like sour, like uh, strawberry or something. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. Or, uh, you know, when I play fighting games, my flavor would be uh, saltwater taffy because I'm so salty. Oh, huh? actually, no, that's, huh? you're right. that's a good one. Saltwater taffy would be your flavor. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> you know what else is going to be a good one? What? GTA 6, when it eventually oh! comes out. Uh, and we still don't know when it's coming out, but we do know that it will be revealed early next month. This was according to Rockstar themselves. They said, uh, yeah, GTA is going to be revealed early next month. Hey, no, you know what's early next month? What? The Video Game Awards. Oh. So I'm not saying that's where it's going to happen, but do you think they show up there? Hey. It's December 7th. That's pretty early in the month. We know yeah. it's coming early in the month. Makes sense yeah. to me. Well, a lot of games get uh, announced during the Game Awards. I remember a couple years back, uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2 got announced during the Game Awards. And yeah, not surprised if it gets announced there. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good place to announce it. I mean, not a whole lot to be said about this because we literally all we have is an announcement. Yeah. But it's cool that at least... <laughs> it's an announcement for an announcement. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of funny because I know like... I know people on Reddit have been going insane. Like they thought October 26th was like a really important. Oh yeah. I heard about that. I don't know why it's like, you know, all the, like the abandoned stuff about how abandoned was like silent Hill or whatever. Well, it is sure. Um, (laughs) that was like the level of like craziness that, uh, GTA fans have been in for the last like year, maybe long. And that's the, another thing too, is I know you, aren't on the internet or involved in mean culture as well but there's an old meme and it was illuminati confirmed and what it was was you pretty much just took a random thing and made the most random connections to everything until eventually you got to the point of three and then you'd say three and what has three sides the triangle illuminati confirmed that's essentially what a lot of people were doing for the uh, GTA 6 reveal and to a lesser extent abandoned as well. It's just yeah. you take the most random details and think, okay, how can I connect this to what I want? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty funny. Um, you going to play GTA 6 when it comes out, though? Uh, if it's good. Yeah, I mean, I I'm mean sure, I'm sure, I think yeah, a lot of people are like, GTA 6 is probably going to be bad because Rockstar is going to monetize the crap out of it. I feel like, yeah, I feel like what Rockstar has been doing, though, is they make a really good single player campaign and then they monetize the crap out of multiplayer. So I think and that's what I think. I think that they're not, you know, GTA 5 made a ton of money. (laughs) Why, you know, you're not going to fix what's not broken. Yeah. And I think that I'm honestly... It's always disappointing when a company nickels and dimes you, but by the end of the day, I don't think that's a bad idea. If it's like you have this single player, the single player is going to be really good. It's going to be really fun. And there's a multiplayer that will nickel and dime you. But if you want to, you'll get your money's worth just from the single player. And I think that's the important thing is, will I get my money's worth? It's like, if you just play the single player, yes. Instead of a game like Call of Duty, where it's like, Will I get my money's worth if I just play the single player? And eh, nah, not really. Yeah, you've got to play around with at least zombies or multiplayer. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I am sure the game will be good. I'm sure it'll make a lot of money. Um, another company that is making a lot of money is Nintendo. And mm-hmm. they told us exactly how much money they were making with their financial uh, report for the quarter, which ended, I think, September 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not going to go through everything, but um, a couple of kind of interesting things. So they made uh, 349, 334.9 billion yen, which is about $2.2 billion mm-hmm. uh, in revenue, uh, when originally they only expected 317 billion yen. Uh, and then they made a profit of 90.3 billion yen when they expected 75.7 billion yen. So mm-hmm. Nintendo doing, uh, you know, decently. Um, they had some, you know, they exceeded their forecasts, which were business is always good. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, their profits are down a little bit. Their profits are down 19% year over year with revenue mm-hmm. down 4%. Um, so not quite making as much money as they wanted to last year. Mm-hmm. But one thing that is very surprising is that Switch sales have actually gone up by 2.4% from last year, year over year. Um, mm-hmm. Couple of final tidbits about it. Tears of the Kingdom has sold 19.5 million units since launch. Super mm-hmm. Mario Wonder has sold 4.3 million copies in the two weeks between when it came out and the uh, financial report. And Pikmin 4 has sold 2.5 million units, which is more than every other Pikmin combined. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, cool for Nintendo. I'm surprised mm-hmm. the Switch has sold more than last year. I guess Japan, for some reason, has been jumping on the Switch again. They specifically said that, um, which is surprising because I feel like, you know, obviously the Switch sales have been slowing down. It's a console in its mm-hmm. seventh year. Um, we mm-hmm. know a new one's coming. Um, and that was kind of another thing they said during their financial <laughs> report is that they said the reports about a new Switch are inaccurate which inaccurate can mean a lot of things. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, they didn't say, no, that's false. They said it's inaccurate. So inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, they could have picked anything and said, well, it's not exactly true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what do you kind of think of all that Nintendo stuff? I mean, I think that regarding the Switch sales increasing, something that we really don't think about as gamers is the casuals more specifically kids i think that switch sales this is part of the reason switch done so well i think part of the reason is kids are like they're young and because the switch has been around for a long time they're like oh after a certain point they want to switch and i think maybe parents whom not necessarily are gamers but they're like oh well i grew up with like a nintendo 64 then I remember, like, the GameCube came out, or, like, I grew up with the SNES, then the N64, and they're like, we're not going to buy our kid a Switch because I'm sure a Switch 2 will come out soon, and they'll want that. But maybe because it's been a while, they're like, oh, well, maybe we'll just get them a Switch because they've been wanting it. So maybe that's a reason why Switch sales are kind of increasing, because, like, kids now are getting really want it, and parents were like, well, maybe we'll just wait till a new one comes because then we know they're going to want that one. But now that I can, we'll just get it. <clears throat> but I think the really interesting part is Pikmin. Because something that we've been seeing now is a lot of Switch releases for games have been the most sold version. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what Nintendo franchise has the most sold like version of a Nintendo franchise not been on the Switch? <clears throat> um... I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, um, like, maybe 
Metroid Prime may have outsold Dread. Maybe, I, but I thought Dread outsold like every other Metroid game. Maybe you're right. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think you are right. No, I mm-hmm. think pretty much every Nintendo franchise, like Mario Kart, I mean, yeah, like Mario Kart, Smash Bros, and Animal Crossing have all sold like an absurd amount. Breath of the Wild, I think. And, um, I think they said that like Mario Wonder was like the fastest selling Nintendo game. Or no, mm-hmm. that can't be true. I don't know, uh, but I, I maybe Kirby, but I don't know. I would be willing to bet most. And uh, just I a mean, uh, heads up, uh, Metroid Prime sold 2.8 million units. Dread sold 3 million. Okay, cool. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think pretty much every, yeah, every Nintendo franchise has sold more on the Switch than um, any other Nintendo any console, other. which makes sense because yeah. I, with the exception, I mean, maybe like Fire Emblem Awakening sold better. But even then, I don't think so. No, um, I, I don't think so as well. I'm pretty sure houses. that... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, really, I, I, I can't think of any. Um, and the Pikmin thing, the Pikmin thing is kind of funny. They specifically said it was like, um, they felt it was due to like nostalgia from like the original Pikmin commercial or something, because they also came out with Pikmin 1 and 2 pretty close to the release date for Pikmin 4. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, people in Japan loved the Pikmin 1 song, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, good for Pikmin. I really liked Pikmin 4. This was kind of my first Pikmin game. I played a little bit of 3 and a little bit of 1 when I was a kid. Not 3 as a kid. I played 3 a little bit ago, and I liked it. But 4, I, I really liked 4. So I'm glad that it's yeah. you know doing pretty well. I'm glad the Switch is doing well. I'm glad Nintendo's doing well. I just hope they don't yeah. botch it at the end. No, because that's a major problem with a lot of game companies. They start doing really, really well. Then they're like, well, because we're doing so well, we can get a little greedy. And that's when a lot of the problems happen. Raising PlayStation Plus 20% or whatever stupid number. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, cool. Anything else to say about Nintendo's financial report? Or you good? You got it all? Nope, not really. Cool. Um, well then I guess let's just get into our feel good story of the week. Um, Mm -hmm. so for those who don't know, Gene Park is a Washington post games journalist. He is, um, he does really good work. Uh, I, I've kind of just seen his name pop up in there. I'd say he's like, you know, nobody's Jason Trier, but he's, I, I can't really think of many people bigger than Gene Park. Um, and he had cancer and then I think he beat it. And then he was, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it, it came back. But he has once again beaten it, and Gene Park is now cancer-free, um, which mm-hmm. is great, you know. Um, like I said, he's, he's just everything I've like, I, read of his I'm gonna I'm going to say a, a bold hot take right here. Fuck cancer. Um, uh, yeah. I'm going d- to go on the record and say that. <laughs> That's, there you go. It's on the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sure Gene Park feels the same way. Uh, so yeah. congrats to him and his family, and I'm glad that we he's you know gets to... You know, that he was able to get rid of it again and that he's mm-hmm. uh, we all get to kind of see more of his work. Um, yeah. And, so um, not a whole lot to say about that. Just, you know, nah. he um, he had lung cancer. He oh, thanks for said that he's. Oh, yeah, no problem. He had lung cancer. He talked about it a bit. He used to be a cigarette smoker, but he quit. I think he said about three years ago and he started vaping, but he quit that last year and he even said that he his doctor told him that he didn't want to or his doctor told him that if he didn't if he wanted to continue smoking marijuana that was okay but 
he, however, felt that That's he didn't want to deal with any. Want. Yeah, well, and it's like <laughs> he um he still felt like it is still smoking something, so he um decided to switch to edibles instead. Which it's great that he is being conscious about it, and of course, being a two-time cancer survivor is now like okay how can I minimize this so yeah it's obviously great really happy anytime anybody is able to beat cancer it's always a good story it's always a feel-good story that's why we talked exactly. about it as our feel-good story of the week um mm-hmm. thanks for the additional info Noah I, that was yeah, no problem better than my rambling where I wasn't totally sure yeah um, no no problem okay so you ready to get into our topic or do you want to take a break yes or what do you want I to am oh you're just um hey let's go ahead and Let's say let's just jump into it, but really take a break. And uh, then the audience will have no idea. No. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Do you want me to click the stop button? <laughs> I, I'm okay with just continuing. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I understood what you were saying. I was like, I can't tell if he's saying this as a joke or if he actually wants you to click the stop record button. Um, I don't know, but the audience is never going to know. <laughs> yeah, we'll just stop talking for it. And we're back. Um, (laughs) All right, let's just get into it. Uh, Today's topic is Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. Uh, As per usual, Noah, what do you like about the game? What do you not like about the game? Um, Who would you recommend it to? Spoiler free, very quickly, very briefly, go. What I like, it's fun. What I don't like, it's simple. Who would I recommend it to? People who like a more casual, like, gaming experience. Not one that, not to say it's a casual game, but I guess just a more familiar, relaxed game. It's it's Call of Duty. Like, that's really, that's the best way to break it down. What do I think about the game? It's Call of Duty. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean... uh... (laughs) (laughs) what i like uh it feels good very few i mean uh very few games feel as good to play as call of duty modern warfare 4 Mm -hmm. um in fact i would go as far as saying very few shooters feel as good i I, with the exception of titanfall which is made by a lot of the same people uh Mm -hmm. i don't know if any game feels as really as good to play as call of duty um what i don't like the campaign was very short it is very short it's you know five to six hours um who would i recommend it to really anybody who likes shooters um and with that we're now going to go into full spoiler territory so if for whatever reason you don't want to know what happens in call of duty for modern warfare uh we'll see you next week uh but for everybody else we're just going to get right into it um which actually like this game has kind of a cool campaign Mm-hmm. You know, your character does. I'm just going to jump right into spoilers. Your character dies yeah. like halfway through, right? Because he's he takes he's yeah. in a he gets nuked. He's literally gets like yeah. nuked. Yeah. And uh, oh, go ahead. Of course, there are two protagonists in the game. Yeah, because um, you play as like two different factions. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you play as a member of the uh, UK Special Forces and then the U.S. Marines. Yeah, it's like and, SAS and Rangers, I think, or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm I believe so. I'm actually pretty confident about that. I just pulled that. Yeah, well, because I, I, I think, like, is that... I think that's I was right. Like, oh, yeah, I believe that's right, because I was like, is, are the Spetsnaz? No, those are Russians. So, yeah, yeah I believe you're right. The SAS is the uh, United Kingdom Special Forces. Cool. 
So, yeah. My militaries, I guess. You do. Uh, What's the uh, MP40? Is it a gun? Yeah, good job. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, um, Yep, you're correct. The uh, Special Air Service is a regiment of the British Army. Cool. Um, So, yeah, this... I mean, what's... So, I think this game is kind of like a little bit... um, I think this game does get, uh, honestly, a little bit too much credit, though. Um, did I ever say something I don't like? What? You not really know. Oh, uh, oh you so. said the campaign was a little short. Oh, I did say that. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Um, I was just like thinking about that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> my, I, I think this game gets a little bit too much credit for Call of Duty, though. Like, a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, oh, it is like, um, you know, it, it put Call of Duty on the map. Mm-hmm. And it did to an extent just because of how good it was. But, like... Mm-hmm. Call of Duty 2 and Call of Duty 3 were both like really big games when they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit before about how in like previous generations, um, you know, the first game would come out and it would be okay. Um, and then the second game would come out and it would be amazing, like Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed, Batman Arkham, mm-hmm. um, things, Mass Effect, things like that. And I think that Call of Duty really, Call of Duty was one of those games that started off mm-hmm. really good. And then it kind of just got better. Yeah. And then four is just the peak. Like four is just four games of just perfecting and just whittling away. And then on top of that, like this was like kind of the first modern shooter. Like, oh, most absolutely. Of, like everything like and it was a big deal. I remember like the E3 trailer when they announced it, mm-hmm. you know, it was a pretty big deal. And the game came out and it was amazing. And it just yeah. blew up like people who don't play video games were playing this like people. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just to kind of give you an idea of how big this game was, when Modern Warfare 2 came out and I was in school, yeah, I knew tons of people who don't really play video. I, like, I didn't really consider them like gamers. Like, these were not people playing yeah. Bioshock and Assassin's Creed. These were normal people. The, yeah, played, normal people. Yeah, not weird. They had girlfriends. Yeah, exactly. That's how normal they were. <laughs> yeah, you say that as a joke, but... Um, <laughs> and they just didn't come to school the day that game came out yeah like and this wasn't like oh there was like one kid this was like a decent amount of people well um oh go ahead i remember yeah like so i remember going um to uh i was in middle school at the time and of course obviously you played a game like final fantasy mass effect stuff like that you were obviously a nerd which oh thank god i didn't play final fantasy back then (laughs) yeah but i remember we had to do a presentation and I can't remember what the theme of it was, but we got to choose the... Maybe it was just present something that you're interested in. And I remember a kid who was, like, a cool kid. He did his uh, Treyarch. And oh. so the fact that... Did you tell him kid, he was wrong? That Infinity War is the good one? Uh, No, because the fact that I probably <laughs> knew, knew, the diff- knew a good <laughs> difference was <laughs> enough to get me bullied. But you also got to think... The thing about that, especially in middle school, Treyarch made zombies mode. And oh, so yeah. Yeah. that was why they were the good ones. And so kids are stupid. They they were. And they, they still are. I'm smart. I'm smarter than them. Yeah. But Yeah, so regardless. And I think that's the interesting t- thing too. And going back to what you said about the modern aspect, I think it's really funny how when they announced Call of Duty World War Two a lot of people were like, oh, finally, we're going back to World War II. But during the time that the original Call of Duties pre-4 came out, 
X-Play from G4, they even had a segment that they would joke about anytime they reviewed a World War II shooter. So it's funny because all of our shooters are modern day, but back then they were all World War II. So having a modern day one really was unique. It, well, and it was it was more than unique, but like, yeah, you bring up a good point about X-Play kind of making fun of World War II shooters. Uh, Modern Warfare f- uh, 1, Call of Duty 4, I, I was yeah. Modern Warfare 4. Um, yeah. It hit. It, there like, is no Modern Warfare 4. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just two trilogies. Yeah. <laughs> there's one, two, three, one, two, 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 and three, two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I I think that kind of something else that's interesting about um, the original Modern Warfare is it came out at the perfect time. Like mm-hmm. you're right, that World War II fatigue was real, but people didn't really know what to do because it was like, well, we can World War II is easy because you know Germany's the Nazis are the bad guys. Yeah, and I feel like that people were scared of like kind of, well, who do we make the bad guys here? Yeah, and so it is like it was like untouched almost, and the fact that they not only were able to take these systems that they had been working on for now three games and <laughs> implement it into a modern warfare game, but also switch this jo- like genre that had become stale mm-hmm. really just shows how great it was. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's more to it than just, Oh, well it was just slightly better than three. And it was the first modern game. This game does a lot right too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I, I mentioned briefly about how your character dies. This kind of became like, call like a lot of people now is like, Oh, call of duty is just the multiplayer. But when Modern Warfare four came out, that was a good campaign. Like, well, the thing that really got people talking about it wasn't the multiplayer. It was the, they did a gameplay for all gillied up. Exactly. The, the fact that demo that they announced it was all gillied up. You're right. Yeah. And the fact that you, the game has an iconic enough level to where you remember the name shows it must've been a pretty damn good level. Well, yeah. And it was unlike another modern warfare that also has a level with a very iconic name. Uh, this one is <laughs> iconic because it was fun to play. <laughs> Not controversial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you're right. Like, I do remember quite a few levels, you know, mm-hmm. from that game. And if, I, you know, there, I'm at any given time, like I could go play through Modern Warfare 1 again. Like it is a, just mm-hmm. a great campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, it is the same as like the, I, I think it's very similar to like the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, they're not like these deep, like thrillers or anything. No. But they are these movies that are just, they know exactly what they are and they mm-hmm. nail it like mm-hmm. they nail the set pieces they and again in the case of call of duty they know exactly how it they know it shooting things in that game scratches <laughs> your brain in a way that few other games do i love mm-hmm. halo halo is my favorite first person shooter mm-hmm. and i think the shooting in call of duty 4 feels better yeah and i remember that was an era where then they the call of duty clones obviously started jumping up and playing a Call of Duty clone and then playing Call of Duty itself was just night and day. It was like, yeah, you can aim down your sights and there's realistic weapons, but the game just made shooting itself feel good. Yeah, I um, Yeah, you, you kind of bring it up. A, a lot of games now do feel kind of similar to Call of Duty. Um, when I talked, you kind of missed it, but last week I did talk about mm-hmm. uh, Quantum Air, which was a game mm-hmm. I was playing for review. 
Yeah. And as soon as I started playing, the first level is like a, you're a military guy. And so you've got military weapons fighting terrorists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, this game feels really bad, uh, <laughs> which is weird <laughs> because we figured out how to make these games in 2007 when Call of Duty 4 came out. Uh, yeah. And like for the most part, if you're playing a first person shooter now, they generally all feel pretty good because mm-hmm. Call of Duty just figured it out. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you kind of want to say about the campaign? Um, not really. It was one, like, I don't remember the story at all, but I do remember a lot of iconic set pieces. Like I remember the end, there's that mission where the dude just, the ending of the game or technically not the ending because there's like a little epilogue that's on the airplane, but the guy's just going up to your squad mates and just popping them in the head and oh, then yeah. you pull out a handgun and you have to shoot him in the head. Yeah. Things like that. Of and course, the first you level mentioned... on the boat. Yeah. And of course, you mentioned the uh, the nuke when that goes off and your guy's like just kind of crawling. And then yeah, eventually he just dies. Dying. Yeah. And there were a lot of really iconic set pieces. And of course, as we mentioned, all gillied up, which the fact that no, like, I don't think any media really had a ghillie suit thing. The fact that this video game had one was like really cool and interesting. And that's why people started talking about this game just from the first trailer. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you, you're kind of right. Like, you know, it's, it's tough to talk about like the story, you know, I, I couldn't really <laughs> tell you exactly the story except for terrorists want to blow things up and they are somewhat successful. And they, I'm like, pretty sure Makarov is the bad guy. Makar- well, and, and that's kind of the point I was getting to. I can name three characters from this game. Mm-hmm. I could not name any character from any other Call of Duty. Makarov uh, is the name... bad guy, Captain Price, and Ghost. Well, Ghost is in two. Wasn't Ghost in one, too? I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Simon Ghost... I, so I know in the new games, his name is Simon Ghost Riley. Uh, oh, that's cool. I'm that's pretty, a good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you get Simon, I get Noah. Um, but... <laughs> and so... Yeah, I I believe Ghost was in two because I think what happened is oh, you're right. Ghost was Ghost in two. first appears as a main character in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. Yeah, I because I can only name and two I characters. Think, yeah, so in two, I think he died, but everybody loved him. So I think when they remade the trilogy, they made him like a main character who's not dead because people really liked him which also fun fact apparently on tiktok a bunch of like women were simping over ghost which fun fact for those of you who don't know and so yeah it was soap mctravish was he in three or was he in soap i think is who i'm thinking of yeah you probably are yeah and so soap i remember ghost was in two yeah and in the first one? Yeah. Okay. And then I thought there's another guy named Yuri in three, but that maybe I'm mistaken. Right. And I remember just the part where it's Soap trusted you, I did too. So why the bloody hell did Makarov know you? But yeah, anyway, regardless, I don't remember the plot, but I do remember random character names. <laughs> Which is, yeah. I mean, which I think just kind of shows how well this game did. 
did you know it was because mm-hmm. you were just playing it and you were just having fun with it um, yeah. all right you ready to go on to multiplayer of course i mean this game if halo 2 kind of created online console multiplayer you know more that this game yeah it, this was like when you turn this was like kind of the first big 360 or no because they had gears of war which was 2006 mm-hmm. but gears of war uh was big this mm-hmm. was bigger you just went onto your friends yeah. list on xbox live and it was just down the list modern warfare and there's a reason for that it again you know all the things we mentioned that the mm-hmm. campaign did really well mm-hmm. multiplayer did just as well you know rewarding you for kill streaks which i don't think had really been done like no i don't were, think so at all you were incentivized to do well um mm-hmm. and it was a game that was you know it was a team game but and you were working towards other things, but you were also just, you know, everybody talked about their KD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where it was like, always nice when they're like a friendly helicopter inbound or when you you were the one to get. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, or when you got the helicopter, then you felt like a God because not only were you good enough to get seven kills, but then it would just come down, start raining bullets. And then it would be like, you got, plus 150 points exactly yeah yeah but it was also yeah you kind of bring up a good point like knowing that if things were going bad for your team you know uh, if you were just able to do a couple of get a one good kill streak Mm -hmm. that could kind of turn things around but also if things were going bad you need to be more careful because it meant they were getting you know they were getting their uh like missile strikes and their helicopters and you really had to like you know like enemy uav is online okay i need to be Mm -hmm. a little bit more careful because they're gonna know where i am Mm -hmm. and i will say this when after playing modern warfare 2 modern warfare 2 of course greatly expanded the kill streaks it did start to make modern warfare 1 feel limited in that regard but it was still the fact that games really didn't do that. And I remember even after, I mean, I always liked playing around with killstreaks and such, but I remember when you played Modern Warfare 3, I think, you just used the Modern Warfare 1 killstreaks because you just liked them. I've done that in like every Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I think that they got it right the first time. I don't need a nuke. Like, I'm. Because the, the, cool. the nuke is cool, but what is it? You have to get like 24 kills in a row? 25 the, kills and yeah. you automatically win the game, which logically does not make sense. It's like, hey, we're like winning this battle what do we do let's kill everybody on the field yeah exactly (laughs) things are things are going well what do you want to do uh let's not take any chances Um, (laughs) yeah it should be if you're losing you can use the nuke and it turns it from a loss to a draw yeah you get like 25 deaths in a row (laughs) um that'd be a fun twist because then the other team has to be careful about killing you um So, but what I was going to say is I, I think those first row of kill streaks were perfect because it was like three, five and seven. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like three. You're probably going to get those most games five. Yeah. You'll probably, you can maybe do that if you're really good too. seven is like, that was tough. It was something yeah. to like work towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's why it was so perfect. Cause it was just like anything more than seven, unless you were like really, really, really good at the game mm-hmm. was you just clan. 
yeah i guess um <laughs> and like even like we talk about the nukes if you're getting 25 kills in a row you're probably winning by a decent amount anyway <laughs> unless your team is just garbage like yeah so what's even the point um mm-hmm. minus i guess you finish up the game earlier um yeah. but the first row of kill streaks they were not only were they just like so fun and, and they all played differently but they were also like and they were i think the perfect like space of kills to mm-hmm. get to make them where they were achievable but not Mm -hmm. easy Mm -hmm. yeah and they did just cool things you know like setting up the missile strike you know you you still had to kind of be good with them in the case of like Mm -hmm. the um yeah missile strike you had to okay where are my enemies okay they're here they're moving this way let me try to get them yeah you're gonna try to get at least three guys (laughs) that was the goal right (laughs) yeah and then were were perks in this game, or was that introduced at a later game? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure perks were in four. Because I feel like they were, but I know a lot of people were really talking about perks regarding two. I don't know if that was just because two was so much bigger. Yeah, that... there was. Yeah, there was perks, special grenades, bomb squad. Yeah, there was perks. Yeah, because oh, okay. you could get like overkill. UAV jammer, juggernaut, yeah, because juggernaut oh, okay. and sleight of hand were like the good ones. Oh, okay, I yeah, I remember that. And then, yeah. um, yeah, there okay. Was three so... tiers of perks. I mean, obviously, it was much more minimal. There was only like <laughs> three tiers of perks, but uh, yeah, but a lot of perks. the big ones like sleight of hand, of course, or yeah, sleight of hand, uh, juggernaut. Was Marty Dom in it, or was that two? That uh, that was this one. Unlocked oh yeah. Yeah, Marty Dom. So it seems like a lot of the major perks were actually in their start for Modern Warfare 1. Which, again, yeah, Marty... I, th- I think shows just how much this game nailed it. They got the important stuff done the first <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why I think every... Um, I had Deep Impact. I had Deep Impact, I think. Um, <laughs> every... I mean, every Call of Duty has kind of... That's come out since 2007 when this one came mm-hmm. out has mm-hmm. just been kind of a reskin of this one um yeah because you I mean, can't build yeah. on it there's a reason that infinity ward went and made titanfall because that's all that's what you've got to do if you want to make mm-hmm. this game better do you introduce giant mechs you gotta, yeah and jetpacks <laughs> and stuff like I, I, as far as i think there are so few games that have a specific goal that achieve it as well as this game yeah i agree and i think the really the only super iconic thing that that game is missing besides of course customizable kill streaks is the uh throwing knife yeah you're right it didn't have the throwing knife which yeah. okay the throwing knife is cool in practice mm-hmm. i don't know it, it was a flex weapon that it was, was it was the, very much a flex weapon it was a weapon that was i'm good at this game I, i'm better than you so I'm just going to beat you using throwing knives. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you. And that's kind <laughs> of why. And again, all all those things, I think, are just kind of fluff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Like you said, it the throwing knife is just a flex weapon. I It does not improve the game at all. Yeah. The game is just as fine without it. And I think that that's kind of. That's kind of my overall point about this discussion is that. Yeah, there's nothing you could really add to this game because it's got everything you need. You can add better perks, but the ones that are mm-hmm. in there are the ones you need. You can add better kill streaks, but the ones that are in there are the ones you need. It just it's so perfectly balanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, Infinity Ward they they were at the top of the class when they yeah. made this game. 
Yeah, they really were. And the other iconic thing I can think of from Modern Warfare 2 is the heartbeat sensor, but I don't even think people really use that in multiplayer, if I'm not mistaken. I don't really I thought think it was just so the either. there is the mission that it was introduced in was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, I think that this game really did a lot well for the first person shooters. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, no. when you look at like later Call of Duties, it wasn't until the zombies got added. Was zombies in World at War? Yes, it was World at War. Okay. Was the first that one. was like, I mean, that's kind of really the only thing that stuck, I think. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. even, I'm not a huge zombie fan. I think Modern Warfare 4 is just fine without it. I get that a lot of people like it. To me, though, yeah. I'd rather just play Modern Warfare 4. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun game, though. It is fun for um, a little bit. And it's a good I... change of pace. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. As, yeah, especially once they introduce like the deal. Like the first map is pretty boring, but uh, yeah, that's even the even the DLC maps for World at War made it so My much bad. better. And what was the next Treyarch game after World at War? Was that Black Ops One? I think I so. Think so yeah, then there is the I think it was Noctu Unturton or Theater of the Damned. That yeah. map was a good one, and I, that was that's what I, I think of like, when yeah. I think of uh, but, zombies. But even then, like even so, when Call of Duty, when Modern Warfare One came out, I was a freshman mm-hmm. in high school, so I was, I mean, you know, fairly young. <clears throat> yeah. And um, World at War came out the next year, and I picked it up. So at this point, I would have been a sophomore, sophomore, so mm-hmm. I would have been fifteen. And yeah. I just remember playing it and being like, "This isn't as good." Like, it's not only is it not as good but i i kind of played this game last year like it just mm-hmm. it it's in like so few franchises uh um, mm-hmm. have the sequel feel worse mm-hmm. call of duty 5 is worse than 4 and yeah you know and obviously it's made by a different studio they were developed in parallel so it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense but yeah. that didn't help its case and looking back i i realized world well, at war is actually one of the better ones Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of the better ones because it's just so similar to base four. Like, <laughs> well, I remember something that was kind of funny was, if I'm not mistaken, the kill streaks in World at War were essentially the same as in four, just with a World War Two flair. Yeah. So, like, it was the only the... helicopter with a camera for the UAV or whatever. Yeah, and I remember the funny one was instead of a helicopter, it was attack dogs. Oh, I do remember that one, yeah. Yeah, so it's stuff like that, which, yeah, really just made it interesting, or that was really kind of like, oh, that's interesting. But when I think of zombies, I think of Black Ops, which is why I probably think of zombies more fondly than you. Yeah. Because Black Ops was when it really got yeah going and and for me like i um i love call of duty 4 i Mm -hmm. didn't really play any of the other ones to me like i I played a little bit of 2 and i played a little bit of modern warfare 2 and modern warfare 3 but for me it was very much like at that point i was kind of i had kind of moved on to other games because every time i played another call of duty i was like oh i played this game two Mm -hmm. years ago i played this game three years ago and it's it was better then like it for me um i just always felt like they were always like chasing that same thrill as modern warfare one. And mm-hmm. they just never quite got there now just because it was so difficult to and get it, there. And it wasn't until like Titanfall two that I kind of felt the same way. Yeah. It's, 
a shame, but yeah. I mean, this game is, is so... And I think, oh, go ahead, no. Yeah, I think my personal opinion is the best way to play Call of Duties is to buy one, wait a couple years, and then play it again if you hear the new one's supposed to be really good. Because yeah, then it I, I doesn't get you burnt out. Yeah, I did that a little bit. But even then, like, you know, I played a couple. But I also think I, I jumped on at bad times. Like, I picked up Call of Duty yeah. Ghosts. That yeah. Was like, that was, like, the one that came out when the PS4 launched. Mm-hmm. Um, and there weren't... The PS4 had a pretty weak launch. And again, it was just like, oh, this game is not as good as the game that came out, you know, several years ago. Yeah. At that point, you know, five, mm-hmm. six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then yeah. now here we are. I mean, this game is so good that Activision has released it every year for the past what 15 years 16 years yeah and it feels like when it sometimes i'll pick up a newer call of duty and they'll make changes and i'll be like oh well i kind of wish that they kept this like in modern warfare 3 i don't know when they got rid of it but in modern warfare 3 i noticed that well actually it's been a while because i think even black ops like 3 they didn't have it but there's no knife in the game it's like man i kind of want them to bring the knife back yeah, well, they still have the knife. It's just you have to do like two melees, right? Um, isn't that what? And we saw? I thought it was just like I thought that it was just like when you whack them with your gun, but maybe, maybe that's maybe what it's it, maybe it takes way, two, but there is still it's not melee. the instant knife that yeah. it used to be, which was really fun. Yeah, no, I agree, but but again, I I think that you know you and I played the Modern Warfare Three beta, and we both really <laughs> liked it. Yeah, but it was because we hadn't played Call of Duty in so long. And it, yeah, and exactly. It kind of is just the same game as four, <laughs> mm-hmm. just so. with some changes that we would appreciate if it was more like four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I think I'm ready to wrap it up. Is there anything else you want to say about it, or no? I think we're about ready. Is this making it on the list? I definitely do. I think it should make it on the oh, list. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I, for me, it's not even like a, well, yeah, I think so. I'm like, let's yeah. throw this son of a bitch at 25. Okay. <laughs> um, Are so you like, well, is, hold on, slow down. Well, I, I, mean, I this think this great. may be like, <laughs> I was going to say like, I honestly have no idea. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I'll be honest, talking about the game. I don't have as much experience with it as you do. So I don't remember it as much as you do. And I hope oh, that's our fan. And our so, fan. yeah, our one fan. For that, those who don't know, that is actually Noah's like electronic fan that turns on. It speaks. It is a Japanese girl. Yeah, it's um actually now that I think about it, it sounds more like a Japanese child, oh. which, mm, yeah, like it's that. like, yeah, no, I, I hope I can. That'd be cool if you could change the voice to have it be like a super gruff. Like man, like, like JoJo's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like, hey, Doshano, like something like that. That'd be really cool. I hope. But anyway, back yeah, to Call of Duty. Yeah. So that was the thing. My memory is it. I I remember three a lot more, just because that was the one I really played a lot. Because, of course, I was a nerd back in middle school, so I was like, Call of Duty sucks. Same game every year. So, I was like, I don't know where I want to put it. Like it should be. So I'm thinking, yeah, like. You were saying like 25, right? I think that this is one of the best games ever made. Okay. It's definitely um, in the top 50. And I maybe I'm a little it, it's maybe, but I don't I don't it is almost a perfect game in terms of what it sets out to do. It it really like I said, everybody was playing it. It was a it was not even just like a um it, it's like <laughs> 
the only game I can even compare it to is like Animal Crossing. And even that <laughs> needed a global pandemic. <laughs> Whereas Call of Duty just four just did it because it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Um how do you feel about like thirty? Fine. We'll put it at do you, do you, thirty. Do you want it to put it at twenty five? Uh, we'll put it at twenty five. Well we we can No, I've already started putting it in thirty. That's okay. okay. How about how about twenty seven? Let's do twenty seven. Nah, thirty's fine. You think thirty? I, I just okay. wanted it in the top twenty five. Well we can revisit it. Um yeah, we'll see. Well, we, once once we, we play like um, you know, Soul Calibur, we'll see which which game was better. I've played Soul Calibur, and it's really good. One? Oh no! <laughs> but isn't two the good one? Um, two I believe is like um was more like noteworthy. Two I believe was more popular, but one I believe is like the good one. Not, I think it was. I think it's kind of like this, like. Two was only good because it expanded on the foundation set by one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Call of Duty is on the list at number 30. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. All right. Uh, it's a damn good video game, though. It's a yeah. really good video game. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. true. Maybe it's good. Maybe we'll put Titanfall 2 at 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feel better about that. I, I want to play <laughs> Titanfall 2 again. Um, me too titanfall 2 i feel like is a game that i'm like it wasn't that good but then like when you play you're like god damn this was a good game that it's a damn good game yeah that that campaign mode especially was phenomenal but yeah Uh, as you were saying cool well congrats to call of duty for making Mm -hmm. it on the list we are now yeah we're now starting to fill out this list um Mm -hmm. cool well, before we get out of here, no, what have you been playing? You did it. You didn't talk about Alan Wake. I thought that you yeah. were going to at one minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, were, you I like, know. Hey, were you messing with me? Or did yeah, you I was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was when I mentioned the uh, Space Marine 2 reveal. Yes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was like, the, exa- <laughs> the exact same game awards that space marine 2 was announced alan wake 2 was also announced <laughs> all right well, so yes i was so was... you platinum the game uh you know spoiler free i still haven't played it. i want to play it um what are your, uh, it's sequel to your favorite game ever made 13 years later you you, you clearly liked it enough to platinum it um yeah how, you know how are you feeling about it are you happy with it or was it disappointing yeah I would say I I feel like it's probably a better game than one, but I still liked one a little more. That's fair. That's just how I feel because... about the Arkham games. I like Asylum better, even if I understand City is probably a better game. Yeah, it's um. So yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I we talked about last time how. When we talked about it in our Alan Wake episode, we mentioned how Alan's kind of like the weird guy, like, oh, I don't know if I can trust them, and Sheriff Breaker is more of a protagonist. Yeah. And so Saga and Alan are the two protagonists in this game, and it seems like they kind of... Saga Anderson is kind of like Sheriff Breaker. It's like she's a more traditional protagonist, and it's kind of cool how they, in a sense, recreate the game's the original story with saga but i do think even though she's like a really likable character really well written i think the fact that she is more of a like standard protagonist is a little disappointing but at least we add alan to 
fall back on. And I think that was something about the game. I liked the narrative of Alan's story more, but I liked the gameplay of Saga's more. Okay. Um, but I did platinum it. However, the game I've been playing a lot is Mafia 2 Definitive Edition. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, I, it's free on PlayStation Plus, and it was a game that, I don't know when it came out, but whenever it did, I downloaded the demo and I played it a crap ton as a kid. And when did that game come out, actually? Hold on, Mafia 2. That game came out in... Bum, bum, bum. 2010. So, yeah, I was probably, like, middle 14. school. No, you have yeah. been, like, yeah, yeah, late middle like, school, early high school. I played that demo a ton, and <clears throat> I never played... Or, actually, I did rent it once, but now I'm actually playing the game. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this game, it's it's engrossing me. Cool. So, yeah, it's fun. But, uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, Yeah, so since I, you know, I... Uh, I talked about last week how I 100% of Mario Wonder and I mm-hmm. got my review out for Quantum Error so I was able to just jump back into Spider-Man 2 so that's been kind of a lot of my gaming time um and I I do really like that game it is uh you know it's really good I I they do a good job like I said when I first started talking about it, about balancing the Peter and Miles sections um mm-hmm. it is you know it's hard to go from Wonder which was such this like just great new experience with like a twist on obviously like one of the most like mm-hmm. original oldest games to then go to Spider-Man, yeah. which is just a refinement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a great game. You know, it's, it's a Sony first yeah. party game. They do those kind of games types really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy it. So I, I look to be hoping to wrap that up soon. Um, and then on my lunch, I've just been kind of chipping away at final fantasy five. Um, now that I'm kind of towards the end of the game, I'm liking it a little bit more the as you start kind of mastering the jobs you kind of see what you can do with them so it's better but it kind of sucks that you don't really see that till the end of the game um i've got like one more optional dungeon to get a summon and then Mm -hmm. i'm on to the final dungeon so i'm hoping to wrap that up soon too Mm -hmm. and then um the last thing i've kind of been playing is um i got an email from microsoft that my game pass is expiring in a month Oh, oh my no. gosh, shoot. I mean, and it's fine. I don't use it a whole lot, but there, I, I did start Cocoon a while ago and mm-hmm. I played about half of it. And so I was like, oh, I should probably jump back on Cocoon. Um, yeah, I'm sure Bailey will appreciate that. Yeah, she she will. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've, I've just started kind of back up on Cocoon and I'm blazing through it. I played it today and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it'll probably take me a couple of days. And I got to like, because you can actually check the percentage that you are. And I'm at oh, like that's 80. cool. Yeah, I'm at like, which is actually, it's, it's really cool because it's like, there are some secrets in the game. And the loading is like, so you can go to like resume game or like load game. Mm-hmm. And if you load game, each mm-hmm. puzzle they assigned a percentage to. So instead of like loading a previous save, it just, you just load to wherever that puzzle is. And then you can go do whatever oh. you want from that location. Yeah. So oh, it's super cool. cool. So I can see I'm at like 86%. Cool. So nice. I'm um, kind of flying through that. Uh, so I'm hoping to beat that. I might just try to wrap it up tonight, depending mm-hmm. on you know how this goes. Wow. But um yeah playing a lot of good games and uh yeah just looking forward to wrapping those up is there any game on the horizon you're kind of looking forward to or like what do you kind of is mafia 2 going to kind of take up your time really um i still have Baldur's gate it's a game i've taken a break from for quite a while just because i put so much time into it and it is a slower paced game and 
Mafia 2, I feel like, is the kind of game I was been wanting to play for quite a while now, just because it's a fun, fast-paced action game. And so, yeah, I I don't know how long it is. It was originally like a 360 era, so probably, probably isn't super, a super long. long. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but yeah, it's I am very much enjoying the time I have with it. Good. Oh, and geez, the cool thing the is, it, I guess, oh. what's that? Mafia what's that? 2 is about 11 hours, but then this also says... Uh, there is DLC. Like, oh, then maybe it's longer. I don't know. Yeah. How long so. is Mafia 2? The game has 14 chapters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Probably so, around 15. Okay. Yeah, so like yeah. 15 hours. And plus in the DLC. But yeah. So yeah. Maybe 20 and hours. so, yeah, I'm enjoying that though. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm. Once I wrap up, uh, I, I'm debating what I want to be after I wrap up Final Fantasy V. I kind of want to hold off on six because I'm a little burnt out since I've been playing through all of them. So I may, I'm debating, I may go back to Skyward Sword and try to wrap that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also want to play Persona 4, but I'm like, well, but then remake or three reload or whatever is mm-hmm. early next year. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be burnt out on Persona for that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what to play, but that's not a, not a bad problem to have. No, especially not lately but that's why you're, you're not buying the steam deck yet <laughs> like that is 100 percent why i'm not buying the steam deck yet yeah um cool all right well i think that that about wraps us up you yep. have to plug something yes so usually uh this is something that's actually uh really nice and i'm going to plug this um so i recently got my hair dyed um i don't normally do it but it was something like a couple years back somebody was like oh you should dye your hair like silver and i was like okay and i actually liked it and so lately it's i was like oh i should do that hedgehog cosplay yeah it is um i mean the nagia cosplay summit is i believe in i think it's in like april if i'm not mistaken actually that's actually a really big deal in nagoya by the way oh, cool. um yeah i haven't gone yet but so I went to a place, did it, and it was nice. I left, and I just used normal shampoo, so, like, it drained, like, the color just, like, went away. And so I went back, and I was like, hey, um, so, like, I did this in the color fade. Do you have, like, any advice so that, like, next time I do it, the color will keep? And they were like, oh, well, if you want, we can uh, just go ahead and do it again for you for free. Oh, and cool. so they re-dyed my hair, and the place is called uh, Ashu uh, Mieki. Um, it's spelled A-S-C-H, which the uh, Japanese, like, uh, katakana is saying, uh, Ashu uh, Mieki. So I recommend it. They, yeah, like, re-dyed my hair for free, even though... I told them like, yeah, it was my fault. I made a mistake. They did it again, which was really nice. So yeah, nice. if you did they ever, what's that? Oh, I was gonna ask. Did you did you get like the shampoo you need to like? Retain yeah, the color? so like, okay, cool. it was really cool. I was like, so they're like the big problem is you will you need a because it's like a silver. You need purple shampoo, like purple yes. dyed yeah. shampoo. Kim, Kim's done stuff like that before, where she's had yeah. to buy purple shampoo. And of course, my hair is still faded. It's now kind of looking gold just because after you wash it and the tear dye. Well, I think um, you're also supposed to not wash it for like 48 hours or something. Yeah, I did that. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but I've heard other people say it's like seventy two. Um, it, it the color it's definitely kept more than it did when I oh, cool. didn't okay. use it. And yeah, so I bought. I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, well, what do you recommend? They're like this shampoo. It was a little pricey, but I was like, you know what? You guys yeah, gave that, me a no, free haircut. I will. Um, that stuff I'll is pricey, it. even if you buy it from like somebody else. That is just an expensive shampoo. Yeah, and then uh, but the cool thing was they gave me like a hair mask thing that was also purple, and they're like, yeah, use this after. I was oh, like, cool. Dang, okay, yeah, and that was free. So, yeah. Um, so if you want to get your hair colored or you just want a haircut, yeah, go to uh. Ashua Meiki in Nagoya. It's close to Nagoya Station. Cool. Uh, there you go, everybody. Yep, All that's right. my plug. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, sorry, one sec. Yep, I was like playing good. the outro music and it wasn't playing. And I was like, why are you not playing? And it's because I, uh, yeah. I had the volume turned down. <clears throat> oh, that's not good. Yeah. Um, Yep, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could lose yeah. your thought. There's another. Okay, time. yeah. Um, yeah, that's not good. If uh, audio listeners, if you're not hearing our podcast, you should uh, try turning the volume up. There you go. Good advice. <laughs> thank um, you. So, thank you to Pecan Pie on Upbeat for our intro and outro songs. Um, if you liked this podcast, please give us a like, rating, review, follow, all of that stuff so we can grow our audience a little bit more. Um, and if you also like this, tell people that you are friends with or that you like this and maybe we can have uh, them check us out too you can find other episodes of this podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, and google podcasts you can start from the beginning to see our journey to the top 100 games of all time finally you can find me on twitch at smesty you can also find some of my writing on newfeed.com we will see you all next week goodbye bye